Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you for always and forever. Is Bob live in the lounge staring at the Ouija board? I imagine you're saying to yourself right now, Jesus, Bob, where you been? You drop over 300 podcasts and then you just disappear for like a couple of months. Like you're not participating in this podcast game. You're not participating in the agreement that we made together, right? For me to come on here and for me to chat and for me to basically expose myself and, you know... <laughs> I don't know, just kind of get nuts with it. You know what I mean? Uh, look, here's the deal. It's summertime, 2022, and the world has gone completely batshit crazy, okay? And I'm here to let you know that it's cool, man, okay? It's cool, yeah. Things are out of whack right now. Roe versus Wade, you know, off the ticket for the Supreme Court, all this crazy shit, dude. You know, you can get medical marijuana at every corner, but now abortion's illegal in some states? Dude, don't be mad. Be happy that you are alive right now. Now, hear me out on this, okay? Because I've been thinking a lot about this before I podcast it. Because a lot of shit happened in the news that a lot of people start talking about or putting their two cents on Facebook or whatever. And look, I thought about this for a long time. And this is the truth. This is the honest to God truth in this scenario, okay? The truth is, we're meant to be here right now. You're meant to be here right now, okay? You're supposed to be here in this time and place. You're... You know, you could be somebody who's completely outraged. You could be somebody who is, you know, uh, so mad about the country's direction that you're going to take up arms and all that. Good. Good for you, bro. You could totally do that. Or you can go out and you can get yourself some poster board. You can make up a couple signs, you know, use a real thick black magic marker to get your point across. Look, man, here's the deal. We need a new MLK, okay? We need MLK Jr. We need somebody. Hopefully, it's one of the students that just passed through these classrooms that I've been attending for the last couple of months. Hopefully, somebody out there, because let's face it, my generation, your parents' generation, and, you know, the generation before that, they do shit. Nothing, dude. Okay, the Vietnam War ends in April 1975. Everyone's pissed off. They do nothing, okay? They did absolutely jack shit all they did was keep buying stuff keep buying soda they went to the disco they did cocaine they did you know they didn't care but you know what they were alive they were alive during that time period and they had stories to tell and guess what you are alive right now i'm alive in 2022 everybody is always like oh it's post-covid and this that or whatever and the world's so crazy and joe biden's so old and this that and whatever look dude it's a small little bit of your time on this place okay like there's a lot of shit in this country that's falling apart right but are you falling apart is your soul falling apart is your family falling apart do you feel like you are in tuned to nature i don't know man i mean like look the things that i used to think are important are not no longer important to me okay am i am i trying to say that uh look here's the deal right here's how i believe i believe this right men have no business telling women what to do it's simple as that you know but i wish there was a better way to say it that was like original but i mean that's the truth you know what i mean like and it's a bunch of people who are obsessed with let's just say it christianity right or religion of some sort right so so basically it's cool for some religions to be at the forefront of our democracy but not cool for the others like what's that shit dude you know there ain't no buddha statue somewhere in front of like the supreme court or whatever you know what i mean like it's just such a catch-22 with everything in our country and like look yes we are also founded in 1776 
by a bunch of dudes who owned slaves, a bunch of dudes who were, you know, wearing wigs and had bad teeth. It's a different world, different place, you know what I mean? But that doesn't necessarily mean they weren't happy to be there alive during it. Now, there's some people throughout history who've made a change. There's some people who have done some inspiring shit. Are you one of them? I want to be, you know, I really want to be. And I don't want, I don't necessarily feel like I got to um, like run for president to get that point across. Like just the other day, I got an email from a former student just saying how much of a pleasure it was to get to know me and like this, that or whatever. And like, dude, this stuff makes me cry. Okay. And this is the stuff that is life juice. This is the juice that you want to drink all the time. This isn't the juice that you just throw away. This is the one that you savor. Okay. You want people you want people in life to feel connected. You want to feel connected towards others. You want to connect with people, right? Maybe you're not a father yet. Maybe you're not a mother yet. That's an awesome connection. One connection that I was so fortunate to have happen in my life. You know, I, I was a stay-at-home dad. I was talking about it today with somebody. I was like, I uh, stayed home in 2016 when my son was born. I learned a lot about myself. And that was my first spiritual, I guess, awakening. My second spiritual awakening was during COVID. When I realized I was living wrong, bro, everything in my life was living, I was living everything wrong, okay? I wanna be the best in everything, okay? I wanna be Downtown Harvest's bass player. I wanna take the band to the top. I wanna be at the top of the charts, you know? I wanna be the Billboard number one contender. But you know what, dude? I was only doing that out of spite for people who told me I couldn't do something. I wasn't doing it for myself. I wasn't playing my bass guitar because I wanted to feel something. I wasn't doing it to make myself feel an emotion i was doing it to boost my ego and i was doing it from a place of what i thought the typical uh north american middle income male would do right the pursuit of greatness everyone thinks that they're the next fucking tom brady or something like that you know what i mean but you know what i'm here to tell you it's cool if you ain't going to be tom brady and it's cool if you don't get that record deal but what is cool is if you connect with people and you make some sort of make a story for yourself when you pass away. I mean, there's got to be it's going to be the worst thing in the world when you when you pass over into the next and there ain't no stories to tell. You know, there ain't no stories by the campfire. There ain't no stories to tell when you're grieving somebody that you loved and missed so much. Do do something good, you know, and like, yeah, it sucks that like, you know, Roe versus Wade and all this shit's happening and stuff like that. But dude, like I said, we're here. We're live. We can do something about it or we can inspire others to be the change that we want to see. You know what I mean? Like, and yo, the other thing that sucks and like I was going to come on and talk about it like about a month or two ago with the last, you know, mass shootings pluralized. Look, all that shit sucks, man. So bad. You know, I've gotten into arguments with close dear friends of mine about the right to bear arms some of these friends don't have children so it's hard for them to understand the point of view that i'm coming at from but like everything i just said in the past five minutes it's like you ain't going to be a good person and you're not going to have stories told about you if you are concerned with the art of violence if that makes sense like I don't want a gun, dude. You know what I mean? Like, I just never did, you know? It just, I, I'm scared of them. And like, you know, like, it's just something that like never was something I wanted to acquire. I mean, I'd much rather grab a guitar or like a comic book that was rare, piece of art, something, something that it's tangible. You know what I mean? I guess, look, I shouldn't say that because it, for some people, 
the, uh, collecting guns as a tangible activity for them. Now, the problem is this, and this is the problem that most people don't get, right? Schools in general are torn what to do. They don't, they don't necessarily want their children going in through a metal detector. They also, some places don't even have security guards that are armed with anything. No deadly force. They're, like if they're a retired police officer, maybe they have something in their car, this, that, or whatever. But it's like, like the last kid, the kid that just shot everybody up, right? The one that um, had face, facial tattoos, which is not a problem. I shouldn't have said that, but I mean like, you know, he had he dressed like a woman to cover his tattoos, I should say. But he also was somebody that looked the part. And you know what, dude? That sucks so bad. I don't even know if I talked about it on the podcast. Maybe I did, but I'll repeat myself. I was at a get-together not too long ago. Uh, I don't really drink much at all, really. I In my later years, it's just I, maybe two, three times a month. In the summertime, it's different because there's pool activities and stuff like that. If you know me, you know I need to have some water next to me in order to have an alcoholic drink. I got to cool off. You know what I'm saying? I got to cool off, yeah. What was they saying? Okay, so basically, I'm at this party, right? And uh, the White Claws are going down, like, uh, you know, <sighs> quick. And do you ever, like, have two drinks and you feel like you've had, like, 12? You feel so goddamn good. Like, sometimes you drink and, like, it's like, Christ, you've done, like, a superpower. And, like, you know, you just feel like you're going to take over the world or something, you know? And, like, I was feeling pretty good. And this particular party was... A bunch of people who um, I don't normally surround myself around. And from what I can gather, several of them during the course of this conversation, I deduced as being racist. And here is my point of view as to how I can say something like that. Somebody said to me during the course of our drunken white claw conversation, so Bob, I heard you're working back in a school. How does that feel to be back in a, you know, working place like that? And, um, literally the day before there was a shooting and I just it was on my mind man I couldn't I couldn't help myself and the white claws just pushed me over the edge and like dude I have no censor when it comes towards my thoughts and beliefs when I am vibing out on some white claws I guess but look here's the deal it's like they were basically saying to me like yeah it's crazy we don't know what to do about this all these school shootings keep happening and I'm like well I know what we should do and they're like, what, Bob? Tell us. And I was like, we need to start looking into our own homes. All these shooters, most of them in North America, all come from the same type scenario, okay? These kids have been bullied. These kids uh, exhibit signs of um, introversion, right? You know, and like, they're all like, you know, middle income families. They're all white guys, right? They're all white kids, white males who are going into these schools and shooting them up. And like, I, I believe, you know, there is some sort of pattern there. There's a pattern of neglect, emotional neglect, physical neglect, and perhaps parents who are not involved with their children's lives at all to the point where they even checking their credit card statements to see what they're purchasing online. Ridiculous, right? So I say that and one dude gets up off the table because he doesn't like the fact that I just said white people and I think I even said there's never been like there's never been a um, uh, a North American uh, black shooter that you know I know has gone into a public school. They've all been white. Now I don't know if that's the case with like um, mass shootings in public, but I'm pretty sure of that. If somebody wants to get back to me on that and tell me that that's not the case, but whatever. The majority, for Christ's sake, is this particular person. And how do we fix that? We fix that by looking inward at ourselves. What are we doing wrong? What are we doing? What aren't we doing right with these kids? And the thing is, dude, is these kids follow a pattern 
of destruction. The pattern is they feel as if for them stuff's to be hurt or for them stuff's to be... Um, Look, maybe some of them are virgins. Maybe some of them have never had that emotional connection. Maybe some of, some of them never been like, you know, uh, emotionally drawn towards somebody else. There's a lot of that in today's world where like people just aren't like dating, like same sex, gay people. Like there's no dating. It's crazy. But like these kids, they feel something to make them feel so shitty and they feel, oh Christ, I got to do this. Because if I don't do this pattern of destruction that has plagued this place since Columbine in 1999, then I'm just a shithead loser like everyone says I am. I have to do this. Most of them, too, towards the end, give up. They don't kill themselves like they wanted to. That's a clear indication, too, that it's a fucking cry for help. Now, how do you stop it? How do you stop it without getting rid of the guns? Start focusing on social, emotional learning, okay? We've reached the apex of technology almost. You could look up any shit in your phone figured out. I wish I was in school during the 90s with my cell phone because I'd be cheating galore, Okay. I suck at math. You know this if you're listening. Okay, you know how much I suck at the math. And, uh, you know, dude, that's just the, the bottom line. We have to look inward, okay? We have to look towards ourselves. I'm a mental health proponent, right? I'm in therapy. I have a new therapist who's kicking my ass with some crazy eye movement desensitization rehabilitation therapy. Look it up. It's wild. But it will help you reprogram your brain. Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza, check him out online, okay? I don't know how to spell his last name. Just just Google it, okay? He's a neuroscientist. This dude was a triathlon specialist and he got hit by a Mack truck and he got paralyzed, okay? He trains his brain through meditation daily to fix his spinal cord. Look it up. There is alternative forms of medicine out there that can change things. Check out Wim Hof. Wim Hof uses breathing techniques Wim Hof used, used a breathing, you can watch this online, he uses breathing techniques to beat a medically induced case of E. coli at a university. He beats it simply by breathing. So there is stuff that we forgot. We forgot about this shit that I like to pay attention to, the spiritual world of things, the things that matter the most that we no longer take into consideration. We never no longer take into consideration... Um, like whatever your god is right like say for instance your god's like the all-powerful god with the white beard it looks like uh, zeus russell Crowe, and thor or whatever or say for instance maybe like you're uh, into buddhism or taoism or something your higher power your higher source do you really think that that person or thing wishes ill things upon you no I, in therapy i learned that god or whatever is never looking to put you down it's others that do it Others will put you down. Others will put you into a corner. Others will make you feel sadness that you've never felt before. Shit, dude. I think about stuff 20 years ago that hurt my feelings from people. You know? Um, one time I was like... Uh, uh, just, just recently I was thinking about this. Like, um, I think when my son was born, I really... I had a, an urge to get sober. Uh, like, you know, I never had a problem with drinking or, you know, drugs. But like... I just wanted to be sober, like completely sober. No drinking, no drugs, no Tylenol PM, nothing. And I just, I did it just because I wanted to go back to the baseline of what it was like to be a kid when I had a kid. And, you know, there's a lot of clarity in that moment too, you know? Like, we don't take time anymore 
for self-care. I said to my wife, I was like, you got to start practicing self-care. She's a very busy worker who cares about her employees and she never has time for herself. And I can't impose self-care even though we're married, right? What is self-care to you? Self-care to me is the following, okay? I like to work out. I don't have a six pack. I don't have, you know, obliques and shit like that, but I do it for the mental health capabilities that have. I mean, like, I think that most males are depressed, right? Some version of it, right? The endorphins that you can create by lifting heavy weights, it is true. Joe Rogan was screaming in my ear five years ago about it. I weighed almost 230 pounds. I was a fat shit. I didn't do anything. I was depressed. And then I started working out. I got down once to 174 and everyone thought I was sick. Everyone was like, oh, Bob, are you okay? So I was like, okay, I can't do that again. So now I maintain like 185, 190. And like, you know, I feel good. Do something for yourself. What else do I do to self-care? I go for drives. Okay, I go for old school 90s drives where I put in a CD, but I listen to the whole CD on the drive. Now, I know this sucks with gas, but it is what it is. You know, I mean, like you got to do something that makes yourself feel good. If you live a life of depression, if you live a life of sadness, if you have all these things that are just pulling you down and shit, I'm not your motivational speaker, dude. No, I'm not. I'm just somebody from the community who knows what it's like to feel like shit. And when you feel like shit, a lot of times we take it out on the people we love, which is a byproduct of anxiety, depression, and emotional neglect. You take it out on people because you're, you're living in the past. You have something that has affected you and you can't get over that hurdle. Look up Dr. Dr. Joe Dispenza. Look up Wim Hof. Look up all these techniques that you can do without the use of a doctor or better. You know, I mean, like get a therapist, get a psychiatrist, whatever you need. Get your mind right. And then start looking after each other, dude. That's the only way we can stop this. The only way we can stop the, you know, the destruction of like our schools, the destruction of our kids' innocence is if we start being kind to each other, man. And it's not that hard, dude. I I love being kind to people, you know? It's like, in a way, my religion, you know? Um, I had a student write testimony to me when he left at the end of the school year and he wrote something that another yeah it made me cry again like it's like it's hard when you have depression or it's hard when you have some sort of past that troubles you to hear good things about yourself that's something i've continued to work on but this one particular student and i can say his name now because he's graduating he's 18 this kid's awesome he's gonna have a podcast um his name's sam sammy ule and this kid was so inspiring to me, man. I don't even know if he, he knew it or not, but like, dude, he, he like started podcasting and like, I was cracking up laughing. I was listening to his bits and I was listening to like, how he could just flow. Like, you know, like I, I'm flowing right now with you. And it was so cool, man, for like a 40 year old guy to like watch this like 18 year old kid just rip shit up, dude, you know? And like he um, started a podcast with his buddy and they did a couple episodes and dude, like every week it would just crack me up and we'd have to go through it with like a, like a comb to censor stuff because we couldn't put it out like on the public school system. But like he wrote me this letter. It basically said like, dude, you know, I only known you for a little bit, Mr. Cahill. I came in the middle of the year and like, you know, you really meant a lot to me. And the thing that made me like emotional was like he says that I go out of my way no matter what the case or how I'm feeling to make others feel good, you know, and like. It just felt good to hear that, you know, because it's like I didn't really hear that much growing up, you know, and, uh, you know, that's 
kind of like why I'm in therapy. It's kind of like why my mental health was teetering there for a bit. And I pulled it back from the brink of destruction, bro. Just like you can. And guess like we can pull ourselves out of this rut that we've been in for what? The last, I don't know, 20, 21 years, man. We got to stop killing each other. Also, too, the whole idea of buying a gun or a knife to hurt somebody else. Let me tell you my principle on this shit, okay? Somebody said to me the other day, oh, I don't want to get a medical marijuana license. I'm going to lose my right to bear arms. <laughs> Couldn't, I don't, never mind. I ain't going to go into that. But I can say this, man. Like, your right to bear arms, yeah, it's a piece of paper, bro, okay? Right to bear arms to destroy something. You're destroying the same shit you're made out of. Everything on this planet is made up of something that I can identify as one. Everything is connected. You may think I'm nuts. I've done my own like studies into this, and I can tell you, you wouldn't want to destroy your own house, right? You wouldn't want to go into your house and with a baseball bat and take out every single flat screen. You wouldn't want to like you know pull out all the plugs and just break every mirror in the house. You wouldn't do that because it's your shit. Don't destroy your shit. And guess what? We're all our shit. It's alright, it's alright, 
There's no stop, it's so easy And the sound from the stars just to please me You can drive, just don't stop, it's so easy And the sound from the stars just to please me So that's a track from the band that I'm not playing in anymore called Downtown Harvest. Want to play in that band. Matter of fact, I had Tom and Frank over not too long ago. Tom lives in Alabama, which makes it extremely hard for us to get together as musicians. But I mean, we got together and we had a great time. And you know what? I was playing the drums during this time. And uh, it was a trio piece. It was like Downtown, not Downtown Harvest, just a little piece of it. So great to see those guys. Look, I know a lot of people ask me all the time. Matter of fact, I get emails. Hey Bob, can you get your band back to? Excuse me. Hey Bob, can you get your band back together? Hey Bob, can Downtown Harvest play at Whole Foods? Hey Bob, what about that Downtown Harvest reunion show that was supposed to happen at the Armore Music Hall before the world fell to COVID? Guess what? Not happening. It's probably going to happen when we're fifty. Okay, I did it when we were forty, right? Because I was having my crisis, you know, like turning forty. Like, what am I going to do? Oh, I'm going to get the band back together, right? <laughs> so I'm going to escape like the madness of old age by re- repurposing myself in the creative world. Regardless, look, uh, just stick around because when we're fifty, we'll get back together and we'll do a show. Uh, that's that's the bottom line, you know. Either that, or I'm going to move to Alabama eventually and start a band with Tom. But I don't think that's going to happen. I mean, as much as I'd like to see the guys weekly again, I just it's just not a, an option. But um, yeah, that was something. Elephants used to love playing that song. Used to love opening with that song because it would hit people in the face pretty hard. But you know, you know, maybe that's still going on in another dimension. You know, uh, briefly, I want to chat about something. And uh, there will be no spoilers because I actually still have one episode left to go, but I'm not going to do a full episode on it. I haven't watched television in a really long time, man. I've just been so disenfranchised by it, you know? And like even when Stranger Things came out a month ago, I just didn't watch it. And then I watched the internet explode with all these bits and pieces of pop culture nostalgia, Kate Bush, Metallica, etc. And then I was like, all right, let me watch this, right? So one day I needed to just chill out, you know? I needed to couch day i need to like just you know recoup so i was like let me give this thing a shot and i was so surprised man you know the reason why that show works is because you care about the kids and also here's my point of view on something that seemingly never works with television when you have an ensemble cast and you run out of ideas, you have to split the group up. You split the group up to go on side missions, mission A, mission B, and then eventually these two missions coincide together and then you have a resolution that works out on its own. But here's the problem, right? Most shows don't do it right. Like The Walking Dead, I haven't watched it in years. I mean, like you never see the same people together, you know, and it's just a mess. But with Stranger Things, man, all those side missions made sense and all those side missions were fun and all those missions and team-ups worked, and it was just a great moment of uh, nostalgia. And also, too, like at the heart of it, I think it really, it's like about kids having um, friends, you know? And you need friends in this life, you know? Like, friends is a a huge part of anybody's community, right? I was lucky enough to have several friends in high school. Uh, Matter of fact, I'm recording this on a Thursday. I just posted um, footage on our 
uh, alumni class of 98's Facebook page of us graduating. And I haven't seen myself since, what, the, almost 25 years since I've seen myself on that stage grabbing the diploma. And I saw something actually today in myself that I never saw before. It's like I'm looking out over the the student population, you know, and like I have this like moment where I look like I'm contemplating the future, you know, and you know, it's crazy is like, I don't know what I was contemplating. I don't know if I was like looking out at that as a moment of success. I don't know if I was looking out at all of my fellow students and being sad. I have no idea, but I do know for a fact that the nightmares would continue for years of not feeling like I ever graduated high school. And that's the proof. The proof is in the video, but I mean, like I used to have this like reoccurring nightmare that I never finished a test or like something wasn't done or I had to get myself back in the school. And then it turns out in my forties, I am back in the school that I went to. And you know what, dude, like whatever. I heard this statement the other day about those who teach or those who can't. Or like, say for instance, like, you know, like uh, you're an inspiring filmmaker. You didn't make it, so you become a teacher. And like somebody was trying to like apply that I, like aesthetic to me. And like I was thinking like, well, uh, you know, I did kind of go out and like, you know, do stuff. You know, I'm very proud of myself after high school that I did stuff. I left college with a degree and risked it all with Downtown Harvest, with Larry Thomas Moore, Frank Ewing, and Chris Wood. We went to Los Angeles and we wrote that song you heard called Something Elephants. And we played our hearts out out there and we recorded an album. We came back to Philadelphia. We would play shows here in Philly, sell out shows in New York City, travel around the country, do shows, you know. And I had a really good experience there. I had experience that not many people can say they had where it's like each show you knew was going to pop off. Like you, you had this window of opportunity for five years there where everything we did was exciting, you know, and we brought that home after leaving Los Angeles and like, you know, we swung for the fences, man. Like we, we flew out there with just plane tickets and I shipped the van across country with a bed in it. And we didn't see it for like almost a whole month. We had all our shit in our microwave refrigerator was all in the van. We had nothing. The only thing we had was that drum machine. So if you want to listen to that song, B.O.B. and mission on that first album, all that is just us in a room alone with a drum machine, not knowing what to do. Took a sip of water, huh? I took a sip of water. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to um, Paulie Walnuts. He passed away on The Sopranos, you know? Sirico. Um, I love that show, man. That show is so real life to me. That show is so uh, mental health awareness. <laughs> like Yearly, I got to watch it, you know what I mean? Or something like that. But Paulie... I think we all resonated with Paulie's character, you know? He didn't like the darkness inside of him. He wanted to be good, but he knew he had to pay for his sins. And I think all of us are in that same kind of boat, you know? We all want to be good, you know what I mean? They all, we all want to do the right thing. We all want to have white wings on the side of our head. We all want to be something special, you know? And, like, I think it's a mistake to tell somebody they're not special, you know? I think it's a mistake to tell somebody they can't do something. I think it's a mistake to tell somebody that sucks. Somebody tells me the Sopranos sucks, I'm going to laugh in their face. You know what I mean? I'm going to laugh in their face. And like, look, here's the deal. As this podcast comes to a close, I'm going to try to start doing this more often, okay? I realize I've been leaving you guys in the lurch, you know? 
It's been, what, almost two months since I did a podcast. I used to do two, three a week. I'm going to try to get into the get, try to get back in the habit of doing this, try to get back into the habit of interviewing people again. So if you are somebody out there who's listening to this podcast and you want to come on the show, my schedule is clear now. I used to have a schedule for months in advance. I have no schedule. In fact, I'm no longer interested in finding people to be on the show. I'm just not, dude. If you want to be on the show, email me. Facebook message me. Do whatever. Set the Bob signal up in the air. I don't care. Just get in touch with me so that way you can come into my studio and we can have a half hour to 45 minute conversation like the old days where we don't look into our phones and think about how bad our lives are, okay? Now, in conclusion, okay, you're alive. You're in this place because you chose to be here, okay? Your soul made an agreement with your body and said, hey, yo, we're going to be together in the year 2022 and some sad shit's going to come about, but your positive Spirit will rise above it all because you are the change that we all want to see. Say it with me now. Chat about it. Be about it. (laughs) I don't know where that was going. I'm sorry. But I'm just trying to say, man, like, look, all this negative shit that's happening in the world, be the positive light amongst that darkness. My name's Bob, and this has been another episode of The Bobcast.